0: Welcome back to the podcast. Jeff isn't working. I'm your host, Jeff Schroeder. Uh, this week I sat down with a longtime old friend, Aaron Clausen. Aaron and I uh, met in the ministry, and this is the first part of a several part series. As you'll see, we didn't even get to the origin story or anything like that. We just jumped right in, uh, just like old times, a little backstory. Uh, Aaron Clausen and I would like just cruise around in his car and talk about everything under the sun. So this was kind of a reconnecting of a blessed union of souls, if I can be so bold. Um, but it was great to catch up with him, and I hope you enjoy uh, the conversation. How the hell have you been, dude?
1: Man, I have been really good. Um, Not to give a, you know, canned answer. Um, You know, I've always had that sort of uh, eternally optimistic sort of approach to life. Yeah. Um, But, you know, um, man, this, this today, uh, this, this quote, uh, came in front of my, my, in front of my like timeline, uh, and it was a Henry David Thoreau quote. And it said something about the, you know, the castles that you're building up in the air, like they're in the right place now put the foundations underneath them. And that to me, like I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I remember that. Like when I saw that and I was thinking, you know, five years ago and, and not just five years ago, but I have been, I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary yeah. and it's, it's all been really centered on being up, like being a part of something bigger than myself. And that sounds so, like something we were once a part of, but sure. but there's value there. And definitely, you know, I, I just, I want to build something that affects positive change in a lot of people's lives. Like I just something about that in my sort of uh, drive to career, that has always been the central focus. And you know, I've done a lot of different things in my life. Uh, Culinary arts has been a a core focus, Um, working in like the restaurant industry and all of that, and then being in the ministry, and then, you know, uh, shifting gears into this whole other world now that I'm in with brain injury rehabilitation. And like, I like, my dream just kept evolving and evolving and evolving. And when I five years ago saw that it was like, re- like encouraging and reigniting that like flame, yeah. like don't give up, keep pushing forward, keep striving to do what you're doing, make those connections, keep putting it out there. And my goodness, Jeff, I, I opened a business. Well, tomorrow will be 1 month.
0: Wow, and congratulations. April
1: 6th and and it's it's like a dream come true and I can't even tell you what the past month has been like since we opened our doors. Like if you build it they will come and they yeah. are coming and it's it's like all I know to do is just put my seatbelt on and just continue to do what I'm doing and enjoy the ride. And so how am I doing, man? I'm doing great. It's crazy. It's stressful, but I'm finally not, um, working for the man I'm working for myself. And, um, I'd like to think I'm a, I'm a pretty dang good boss. Uh, I give myself some slack and some grace, but, um, I challenge myself and it's just so different. And, um, I, I'm happy because I see the fruits of, of my labor and my efforts, like they're, they're, they're coming to fruition and, um. I, I it's just wild. And, and when, it's when exciting. I look in hindsight, yeah, like you see like all of these things. And as we were talking a little bit before this, it's just, it, it's amazing. Everything that everything that we've gone through has led us to here. You yeah. Know?
0: Yeah, no, it's true. I think that, uh, I mean, there's a lot that I, a lot of ground I want to cover. Cause there's a lot of interesting parts to your story thus far, but, um, one thing that I want to, that I find interesting is that the calling, you know, if, if I can be so mystical or spiritual doesn't change the desire to truly help and unburden people. Doesn't go away. You know, it doesn't, and it's so interesting to me personally just knowing you and knowing the conversations that we've had hours and hours and hours long in the past and knowing the people now that are in positions of quote unquote ministry, you know, it, it, it's like, I'm not going to say the exact wrong people got the job. I'm going to say that it's, it's a broken system. If, if, If that's what it's intended to do is to help people and unburden people and become a community Mm. to move people through their, you know, pain, suffering, all of it, all of the complexities of life. Mm. Um, And that's not to bash anybody, but that's to say, I find it interesting that the people who I connected the most with at that time, it's still there. You know, you still want to help people. I work doing Medicare, you know, helping seniors navigate their health benefits. And it's sounds like a horrible job and it is a horrible job. But the joy I get from the job is actually being able to truly help and educate seniors who 77% they did a study have no idea what Medicare, like oh, what yeah. it does, what it is. And that it's intentional, I think, you know, it's like mm. you, you can tell us a, a, a society, a country's fruit, if you will, in my opinion, by how they treat their most vulnerable population. Come on. And that is it's no coincidence that we both gravitated in our in our day jobs and you and your career to those populations, you know,
1: I do. And, you know, Jeff, you, you said a word that is a, it's a big buzzword uh, for me. Um, It resonates with me, the word community. And, you know, our listening audience may not know. uh, And so we should enlighten them that you and I have a history I, I'd i like to think what now it's 2022. I think we met in 2000. Yeah. So yeah, 22 years we've known each other and we met in the ministry in, in, you know, um, what was such a powerful thing for me was the sense of community and and yeah. when we boiled that down there was our friendship that we developed and you know i like friendship is one thing but like we went to the next level to that depth of vulnerability yeah and you know we just we, we didn't hold anything back. We just, we, we, we trusted each other and, yeah. you know, that's, that's something to be said in today's age. I, I just, you know, I, I have just a, like a handful of, of close friends that I'm willing to go to that level with, but, but that community component. And that level of vulnerability that we had, in those many many nights sitting in that red 1981
0: Chevrolet Impala. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's Outside right.
1: Outside in that in that alleyway uh, behind that place where you were staying, and and I just I remember. I mean, it'd be like three and four in the morning, and we Kishwaukee and
0: even... 17th Street. If yes. you if you've ever been to Rockford. Not where you want to be. I said at Kishwaukee and Seventeenth Street. If you've ever been to Rockford, that's not exactly where uh, where people hang out at two o'clock in the morning. It's the other side of the tracks, folks. Yes. So,
1: but I love that place, man. And and I loved those 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 moments. That time that that um, that community was something that as I went through my my journey um forward everything's been forward uh you know but um you know time and my 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 studies and my pressing into this um this god and this belief system and finding myself on the other side accidentally not believing yeah. Was it never set out to be that way, right right and right. like as time went on, the one thing that i I missed the most about church, if you will was the community, the yeah. sense of that that community that tightness there was that like mindedness and um it's weird because that is something that I, you know, that, 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 um, that spirit, if you will, of, of wanting to help others. And, and, you know, like you were saying the most vulnerable um, like that and community have been the two things that I've been trying to just continue to bring forward. And I, if I may continue found this, Brain injury community and this mental health component and 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 so many people needing these services and 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 just being this um this connector this person yeah. who can minister from my own wounds still you know it yeah. just changes a little bit right but all of those things like I I I've tried to continue to create and manifest if you will um yeah community yeah it seems
0: to be what it comes back to to me a lot and it's also the antidote of in my opinion the abusive system that we that we live in and i mean i could go off on a tangent about that but i mean even just looking at it in terms of like a society like Like you said, you have five, you know, you can count on one hand, the people close enough to you that you could really go like as a, as a man, as an American male, I wouldn't feel comfortable going to almost any of my friends for help truly like financially, especially, you know, if it was like, you know, I'm about to be uprooted in my house, I would just figure it out. And if it came to the point where I had to, you know, do something drastic, God forbid, I would probably do something drastic. And that allows me a level of empathy for my fellow human to say, I know that you're not bad. There isn't like, everybody's good. I I do believe that. I think everybody starts out good. And then it's just this abuse and exploitation to different levels and different degrees. And, you know, everybody has it and no one's exempt from it. Um, Some can pacify it a little more comfortably than others, but I think that community is the, is the only opportunity that we have to heal and to, you know, help each other go through it. There's a, there's a story from Woodstock that I love and uh, there were these hippies There were a couple hippies at Woodstock. No, there was this, um, I forget the guy's name. He's in the documentary. i never heard of it. (laughs) Um, No, but anyway, what they did was they built this tent and it was totally volunteer, but they built this tent. And if you were having a bad trip on acid, you would go in this tent. It was like a medical tent for bad trips. And they would sit with you for the hours, four hours, coach you through it, make sure you stayed you know, in the right place mentally and you didn't freak out. And then when people were done, they were like, Oh man, thank you so much. How can I ever repay you? And they're like, now your job is to sit with that guy who just got in here and do the same thing for him. Um, And that, when I heard that, like, I literally like teared up. I'm like, that's what it is. That's what a lot of life is supposed to be. It's supposed to be us bearing the burden of each other, you know, are helping to bear the burden of each other. And because we live in such a, you know, time is money, 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 money system, society, we, our gravitation is towards what is profitable, what will bring us money and servicing the most vulnerable community, as my social worker wife will tell you, as you can attest to, isn't always the most profitable, pursuit,
1: you know? Yeah. The, the, the payout is different. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so rewarding. And, um, I, you know, I, I, I do, I get it. And I, and I love that story, uh, that you shared about Woodstock because it's, it's like, I had never heard that before. And and I get it. I get that. Like I just went through hell, and yeah. and you you sat here with me. You walked through this fire with me. And how can I repay you? Go and do likewise. Yeah. Right. Right. You know. And right. And then and then yeah. And and then right there, you you have the opportunity to pay back. Yeah. And you know. That's that, um, almost that ministering out of your wounds, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of value there. You know, you, you said something too, um, just about like, you know, if, if you, you, know, you would figure it out, like if, if your world came crashing down, your house, whatever it was, you know, you'd figure it out. And, and that's so many people, you know, everyone ultimately is, yep. is trying to figure things out and what that means and what that looks like it it takes on so many different forms and it's its environment right it, there's like we are all products of our environment you know our upbringing uh you know just so many different things and and uh, you know empathy is something that and like one of the things that I've learned, Jeff, over the past 22 years, believe it or not, is um, because I am verbose and I can talk, okay? But I've, I've, seriously, where's (laughs) your laugh track? (laughs) I've learned to listen. And I've learned to just, like, try like stop loading my guns behind my back waiting for my chance to speak you know and right and and unload right. and you, you you learn so much when you just listen and one of the things that that I you know I I often get um you know clients that I I don't know much about there may not be um like a, like a neuropsychological eval done on them, or, you know, they're not any sort of report and, and you got to do your own discovery process. You've got to ask questions. And if you're just asking questions, but not listening, you're missing everything, right? right? Right. And what I found is that people have two things. They have their name and they have their story. Yep. And and so it's it's I I feel like the reason why I have been able to find success is because I listen to people's stories and I I try to challenge them, you know, empower them in and, and and just like let them know that like this is you're good, man. Let's go. Like if if you're in, I'm in and I'm willing to walk alongside of you and do this with you. And, you know, it ebbs and flows. There's challenges, but at the end of the day, this is where it's bringing that community. And, and some of these people and these people, meaning whomever in every walk of life and in any walk of life, like, some of them have never experienced that type of just genuine care yeah
0: and i think it's getting it's a it's a problem caused by technology but also trying to be remedied by technology that mm. i mean we're just more and more and more isolated more and more you know left to our own devices ourselves devices, but cells. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I talk to a lot of friends that have struggled with, you know, drug and alcohol abuse or whatever that is, that escape is because it's like, you know, it's a coping strategy. It's a coping mechanism. It's like a security blanket. It's, you know, because we don't, we don't have a safe place for people to unpack their Shit. I mean, the joke is like, dudes would rather start a podcast than go to therapy. And in my case, that's true. I don't enjoy therapy. Um, but it's because, like, I'm, I was already there once. Like, I don't, I don't need to go there again. Um, but there's different styles. And, and I understand that, you know, Abby's like, the CB therapy is like, you don't have to unpack
1: stuff necessarily. It's more like whatever present moment. It's yeah. Yeah. You you don't have to sit here and unpack everything from your past and, and sit in that. And then an hour goes by and and you're done and it's time. And then you leave and you're sitting in your car or walking home or whatever. And it's your, you don't just shut that off right you're still sitting in that you go right. home and it like no i i get it but i but you know you 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 make the joke about the podcast jeff but the thing is is you like th- i can see how this is therapeutic for you i could see totally. how this could be therapeutic because you again knowing you and knowing our conversations, knowing, like, you know, I, I loved our talks and, and your 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 wisdom, your critical thinking, your ability to question things and pick it apart is a blessing and a curse, right? And, really? you know, but I could see how this could be, you know, very therapeutic. And I think it's not for everybody but I see how this could be your therapy. Just saying. Yeah. Well,
0: I think that like the exciting part for me, and I haven't truly felt this since the writing classes at second city. And those were on Mondays and I was working at Hewitt at the time and Mondays I would catch the train straight from work into the city and it was always my favorite day of the week. And uh, it just feels like that. Now I record on Thursdays, but it's like Thursday night is like my favorite night of the week. Partly because I'm hyper focused on people and I'm fascinated by people. I'm fascinated by people that I know and catching up with where you're at now because it's not like you got any less interesting in the last twenty something years. Well but let's also talk like, a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> right. But also um Like this, I'm a true seeker. Like if you have any words of wisdom or, you know, anything that's working for you, please Mm. let me know. And I'm happy to pass that on to the 50. So people right now that are listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. 50 or so people. Thank you. 50 or so.
1: (laughs) I see that 50. I I see that all the way up there (laughs) in the balcony. I see you. (laughs) Dude, the craziest.
0: I won't say him by name, but we we both know who I'm referencing when you say I see that hand up there. Um, the craziest story. One time we were at a retreat, a high you. school retreat for the listeners. Thank you. Um, Sorry, their hands are still going up. Hands whole, are still going up. They're all still over going the place. up, folks. I see that hand. Yep. I see thank you. Um, <laughs> so good. And he was. He came in and he was like, "Hey, man, I gotta close this out, and I, I need a story. And I would. I just read about a um." a story about like a guy who went back to his church in canada thank you and he was he walked in on like the missionary prayer meeting mm. and they were all just kind of hanging out and chatting and everything and he like his rebuke to the people were like hey i was the missionary you were supposed to be praying for and like you know when you don't hold us up in prayer blah blah, blah. and he's like oh great that's awesome he gets up to the stage and he tells this story he's like this guy's house was burned to the ground. His wife was murdered in the street because these missionaries, you know, these people weren't praying for them. I'm like, that's not the story. Jeez. (laughs) We're going to take some creative liberties for dramatic effect for this altar call. Uh, No, no emotional manipulation or psychological manipulation, 16 Uh. to 19 year old kids. And then there was me, the twenty-eight-year-old. <laughs> well, you were there, you, but you weren't there as a member of the youth no,
1: group. You were there. No, I know. As a, but, uh, but man, you, you. Yeah, yeah. That that manipulation and that abuse and and those liberties were toxic. And toxic. Are toxic, and we see that. And,
0: Also unnecessary. I mean, necessary if you want to create an environment of like thousands of people, if that metric is what's important to you, then yeah, you're going to have to put on it. It's a production, but I think, I wonder if they could have gotten a similar result by just playing it straight and just being like a safe place for, you know, young adults to kind of figure out, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I do. Yeah. I do. I do know what you mean. And wouldn't that be a beautiful thing? Right. Yeah. Right. And, but that's not the business, you know? Right. Right. It's, it's the numbers and um it's, it's, you know, one of the things that always kind of, you know, it, it was so weird because I, I went in just so hungry and so, so eager to learn and immerse myself in it. And, and I remember like year one, you know, cause it was a three year program year two and year three. Like I didn't even want to come back for year three, but I did because I got that scholarship Yeah, to go anywhere I wanted. And I, I just was like, okay, if I can get through from September to February and get on that plane, and, and go to Palestine for three months, like I'm in, and I did, but it it was a it was ch- it was a challenge and it was tough and and where I'm going with this is that i remember my the summer of my second year, and you know i i i remember i was doing an intern internship, and you know i i remember feeling talking about vulnerability i I remember just struggling with a lot of things internally, and you know like you you know you you know especially at the level that that we were being immersed in the ministry right like we we were in our Bibles daily hours on end we were memorizing scriptures all of these different things, and it was like you know, you knew, like you know. Well, if I'm questioning things, oh, the doubting, and then you had all the the scriptures to balance out, you know, your yeah. your, your thoughts, and oh, and the devil comes describe, you know, disguised as an angel of light. Like you, we had, we knew, yeah. we had certitude, right? We had, we were certain, we had all the answers, right? And yeah. and 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 these things started to crumble. And I remember doing this internship, and I was like, I I need i feel safe with with this pastor i was interning interning with and um and we had this prayer meeting and we were leaving the the church and we were we were closing up and i said hey can i share something with you and he said, yeah absolutely you know because i've i had always been very open candid vulnerable and yeah. i said you know i'm I'm really struggling and having a lot of questions and like, I couldn't even finish. And you may remember this story. I couldn't even finish what I was wanted to say. And he says, Aaron, that's great that you have a lot of questions. And he, he reaches over, we're in the breezeway and he grabs this pamphlet and it's the 16 fundamental truths of the AG. And he says, just make sure these are the answers that you come back to. Yeah. And 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 you you know what I mean like and it was like yeah there was no like and and that it, it it's so weird like it just you know you because ah uh, and and that was, so I'll well, finish that was, my, the, my, that
0: was my, the brainwash you know it was yes like, it and, was
1: close ended yes it wasn't open ended and, and and so coupled with that. You know, posted in the in the sanctuary, and this seemingly was everywhere we went, church attendance, yep. baptisms, you know, uh, yep. uh, new salvations, like all the it's, it's numbers, numbers yep. driven, and 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 you know, seeing all of this, and again, you, like we're trying to reconcile this, we're trying to balance this, right? We're trying to be like, because we're we're all in. And, and so those things were, were so difficult for me as I began letting myself like question and, and knowing I already had the answers, but trying to move past that. Right. And
0: it's the bait and switch too. It's like you get to a point in any corporation, you move up to a level where they're like, okay, listen, now it's just trust and obey and you know keep to the company motto regardless of what you think personally like we have a business to run and that's very much what it what it felt like it it, it very much felt like you know there you can have questions if you're being chased you know if you're just a regular old sinner on the street, then your questions are valid. Your questions are important. And if I can't answer them, then I'm going to tell you so much about how, like, you know, faith is the evidence of things not seen, you know, and the the sad part is. I do believe there's a lot of truth in a lot of it, but not in what was packaged and what was presented to us by people who are motivated by the very things that it speaks against, you know, I mean, that's always been, that was always the conundrum with me. And I like, I came there to Rockford specifically through like the creative hub. So I didn't put as much emphasis on like, their what i want to say like their lack of academia in the in the organization in the institution that's where you and i connected you and i connected by reading books that weren't being read and and hearing about people that weren't being talked about in the you know larger more contemporary circles and that's where we were kind of wrestling with you know some other thought you know process
1: i I, and i'm just smiling because i remember and i'm just thinking back to some of this stuff it's great (laughs) yeah
0: i mean i mean i remember getting into charles finney and like you know i appreciate his thoughts on it i mean i'm sure he he was a very brilliant man he thought about it long and hard but it was also you know, a different time and the social implications of, you know, what is now called evangelicalism, which was just called Protestantism at the time. Um, You know, it was, we didn't have we didn't have access to all of the information, we didn't have access to, you know, cross examine it, we had the book that they gave us. That was translated by, you know, many, 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 many people. And we had it packaged in this Protestant work ethic. You know how I can guarantee you get to heaven? Well, you say these magic words, but also you got to work really hard. You got to save your money. You got to give your money to the church too. Like that's how you rob God through the tithes and offerings. Don't question what they do with the money. That doesn't matter. All that matters is that you give with a cheerful heart. You got to want to give 10% of your wages, regardless of your economical state, because God's going to bless you back tenfold or a hundredfold. We don't know, but we just know that it's going to come back to you specifically financially. And that's what we're most concerned with. All the other stuff is great. Please volunteer. Please do that. But make sure you pay your 10%. You know what I mean? Like that was the, do.
1: That was the packaging. You uh, you said something that uh, resonates again about the you know tithe. Do, do that's what you're you do what you're what you, what you've been commanded to do, even though uh, you know that's that's under the old covenant, right? Whatever, we won't get into some of
0: that. We can cherry uh, pick. We can cherry
1: pick. <laughs> you know, all day long. But, it but gets you, you said to put you know it in the coffer. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but don't worry about what they do. You just worry that you're doing, you're following through on your end. And, and so I remember when I, um, when I was ordained and, uh, I was working, uh, in the suburbs of Chicago. And one of the things that we wanted to do, um, my, my colleague, uh, Deaton, professor Deaton and I, um, we wanted to and and we and him and i ended up doing this because it was just not accepted by the community we were a part of at the time but we we felt like we wanted to do this and you know i've always been drawn to the um the homeless population Mm -hmm. um it's just you know because there's stories there and 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 you know you you there's so much there. And anyway, what we, you know, there's, there's another verse in chapter and verse, I think it was in Matthew, which it talks about when you're, when you're giving, and again, some, this is, this is deep in the archive. So forgive me. uh, It's not going to be a, it's going to be a rusty uh, quote, but it, but it was the same sort of concept that you were talking about with the tithe. Don't worry about what they do. So when you give to, you know, the person out on the streets, You know, don't worry about what they do because people always would say, well, I don't give to, you know, so-and-so because, you know, that $5, they're just going to go buy a bottle of booze. Yeah. Okay. So what Professor Deaton and I decided to start doing, we would go to the liquor store and buy the little shots and we would go and we would go downtown and, and we would basically just go and meet and we'd start talking to people and they'd be like, Hey, do you, you know, do you, do you got a couple bucks? And I just pull out, you know, a little shot of Jim beam and I'm like, here you go. But, and they're like, Oh my gosh, thank you. And, and we went, you know, just do your thing. And we would just sit there and talk.
0: And I'm yeah. telling
1: you, like, that's unorthodox, but it totally. was powerful.
0: Well, and-, and the, the other piece of that, knowing now. What I didn't know then is that any kind of course correction that I thought that I was doing for anybody, regardless of their situation, was always through the lens of like, how do we get you back on track? Yes. You're back. You know? Yeah. How do we get you, you know, let's get you cleaned up. Let's get you working a job. Let's get you putting some money in the bank and magically... Anything that led you to this point is going to wash away and you're going to be, you know, like, how Pollyanna ish is that? Mm-hmm. Are you like me? Do you live in Chicago and are deathly afraid of heights so you never really fly anywhere? Do you also want to go eat delicious food in Spain? Well, you're in luck. At 5661 North Clark Street in Andersonville lies a little slice of Spain right in our fair, windy city. Little Madrid Tapas Cafe. Go there for authentic Spanish cuisine. Tapas small plates so you're not going to be overfilled. It's beautiful. The food is incredible. The owners are wonderful people. Uh, Please go support them. They only take reservations. Uh, so be sure to make a reservation, but, but go there now, stop the podcast and go there. Yeah. The, the church didn't equip us well to deal with trauma, mental health
1: issues. No. Well, Legitimate. that's because it's you, you lay it at the foot of Jesus. You, you right. bring it and to the cross. Done. And unfortunately you're right. It, it, it's not. And, and. You know, it it goes back to, and I, and I've said this a couple of times, but it's certitude. It's certainty. Mm -hmm. We had certainty. We had all the answers. And when, when that started to like shatter on the kitchen floor, (laughs) you know, yeah. And, and you looked at it and you went, wow, like, I, you know, for me in, in my deconstruction, which is, you know, the big buzzword or cliche right. word or whatever now, but, you know, um, it was incredibly difficult for me because yeah. as you know, going through three years of, 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 Rockford's program and coming out on the other end with a job in the ministry becoming an ordained minister at a really cool, trendy youth church in Chicago and having, uh, you know, pioneered small groups in Rockford and, and all of these people that I had an opportunity to influence, right. And, And minister to and connect with and build relationships with. Like I genuinely, you know, I was all in, and and yeah. when all of this stuff started to, you know, crack and crumble, it was nothing that I just suddenly was like public with. Like right. I, I was, I was genuinely scared because I knew that I had led people to this place, and then here I am going, I don't subscribe to this anymore. And as I said, kind of in my opening, I never sought to be at this place. I never in my studies and in my journey said, you know, I'm going to prove this wrong. Like I chased headlong, wholeheartedly with every fiber of my being and came out of this going like what, What just happened? And then I had to deal with that reality. And, and it was years had gone by before I actually started to talk about it publicly because I knew I was scared and, and I don't know if scared's the best word, but I was concerned because I didn't, I didn't want to sit here. My goal was not to take this away from other people. Right. Right. Honestly, like I remember when I told my folks in, in, in the first week of August of 2008, I was up north in my favorite place in Michigan in Higgins Lake. And I, I remember sitting around the fire. My whole family's there. Cousins are there. We're having a good time. The whole time on my mind, this was like day one. All I wanted to do was talk to my dad i wanted everyone to go away and i wanted to just talk to my dad and tell him hey look this is where i'm at and and you need to know that and the reason why that was so important was because i was also in school going after my second degree now in human services management and i was taking psychology classes and and you know some of the the course material that i was learning was talking about being your authentic self.
0: Yes. And
1: I was looking in the mirror going, I'm, I'm fronting. Yep. I'm, I'm putting on this charade because I'm tiptoeing around everyone. I don't want them to know where I'm really at. I don't subscribe, but, but it was scary. And all I wanted to do was tell my dad, dad, I, I don't, I don't subscribe anymore because it was more important for me to just be upfront, honest in my authentic self. And, you know, my mom, you know, my dad, it didn't go well. It went over like a lead balloon and it ruined vacation, you know, of course, but, but, you know, a couple of weeks later, I remember having this conversation with my mom in the kitchen and, and she was so set on the fact that I was just burned by the church. And that's, that's where I'm at and i and i said mom i don't want you to know what i know i don't want to take your faith away well you're never going to take my faith away cool mom that's not <laughs> that you know what i mean like my my heart was and to this day like i've yeah. never been this like militant atheist where i'm just no. now going to no there were times where i i, I have been frustrated. I have been angry. Um, you know, we talked about abuse earlier and the liberties taken and all of this stuff and the numbers driven and, you know, all of this stuff, like they have been things that I've had to work through, but my goal has never been to sit here and try to pick apart someone's faith and take that from them. If someone like what's cool though, Jeff, is that over the years, I get random messages on Facebook, and they're like, hey, I know that uh, you don't believe anymore, and um, can I can I talk to you about some things regarding that? And I'm like, I'm all ears, man. And you know what? Yeah. Going back to just listening, they just need someone who is a safe place because it's scary. Totally. Jeff, everything I ever knew was rooted and grounded in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. When I die, we're going to be caught up in glory. And you know, like, like right. that is my life. And, and so I see that hand. clicking the unsubscribe button and taking some big steps backward. It's not easy. No. And, and, you know, no. it, it's interesting because I have found a lot of, Value here. I am now almost 13 years post coming out as a non believer, and yeah, I am a part of several Facebook groups. Uh, the ex evangelical, you know, crowd, if you will. I don't yeah. know if I think that's the right way to say it, and um, I, I, um are you there? You're there. Videos disabled. Uh, I, you know, I, yeah, your, your I, Wi-Fi is a little wonky here. Is it yours or mine? Um, I think it's yours, but, if- um, I'll just keep talking on this point because yeah, uh, keep talking. this is pretty yeah. alive in me. And, um, you know, so I, I, I've joined these communities on Facebook and it's a lot of what I really enjoy about Facebook are, are some of the groups that I'm I'm in. And I I I read daily people who are just um you know going through what I went through in two thousand six, seven and eight and that struggle and they're scared and they don't know how to have those conversations, you know, with their folks and their family and they're trying to find balance and it's all they ever knew. And you know, I, I've I've been able to just provide an a a, a sounding board, an ear, encouragement. Yeah. Hey, it gets easier. You know, they talk about things like every time an ambulance goes by outside, I want to stop and drop and pray. And I'm like, yeah, man, I know. Yeah, them. I've been there. And there's that's not a bad thing because there's empathy and compassion there. Right. Like there's that's that's good stuff. And totally. It's only that lens of perception that they're filtering it through. That they're that they're struggling with, right? And and so anyway, I, it, it it's all about you know being your authentic self, and you know you you talked a little bit about like the universe, and I, I feel like for me where I and I can't say settled because <laughs> I'm not settled on anything. But where you're at um, now in the journey. Yeah. Here and now in my present moment, you know, I, for, for one, I don't give a lot of things on this level much thought anymore. Um, I just want to do what I'm doing and, and, and I find the value and reward there, but you know, the universe we're all made of stars kind of a thing, you know, like I, I, I dig that. Um, I can appreciate that. Um, I, I don't subscribe to a higher power. Um, you know, I'm, I'm open to it. Please let that be a caveat, right? Like, yeah, while I don't subscribe, it's hard for me to believe that there is an interventionist deity because if there is, They're doing a really shitty job. Yeah, no, that's, I mean,
0: in in the simplest terms, that's the volley that happens with me. It's that, you know, problem of evil versus how complex the eyeball is. You know, it's like that those two can ping back and forth but kind of what I've con- where I'm at currently Please. is um it made sense to me that I started reverse engineering it and it came from a argument that I started to have on Facebook with uh I'm going to say his first name Kenny you know who I'm talking about <clears throat> From the Rockford days, oh, yeah, I already knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so very conservative, which isn't—that's not the issue that I have with him. Sure. The issue that I have with him is he marries his—he marries Christianity with with his American politics, and I have a huge issue with that, at, and always have. Mm -hmm. I've always approached the gospels as, you know, Christ being the model for Gandhi, Martin Luther King, you know, the the saying the unpopular things Mm -hmm. to power. And as a result, murdered by the state like that, even allegorically, I dig that. I dig that dude. I would, you know, I would listen to that guy. Jesus was the original liberal. Yeah, exactly. He was a brown dude, socialist who just wanted to feed the poor, make sure that people were taken care of in prison, um, you know? And like, that is the stuff
1: that I... And he was very much Jewish. Very much Jewish. In he fact... was not out starting Christianity. No. He was just merely interpreting Judaism through his lens of perception and, and bringing forth the kingdom of heaven. Right. Like some of that stuff is awesome, man.
0: Right. Right. And, and it really set in for me when I, when I, uh, did a Bible as literature class at community college, it Mm -hmm. was like, this is an easy credit
1: and (laughs) it probably rocked your
0: world i mean yes and no but it's like it was such a survey and such a like passing um you know reading it approaching it like the iliad or approaching it like you can glean wisdom and you can glean um you know insight from even historical fiction so even if the bible is fiction which it may very well be. I have no idea. I'm not here to die on any hill, but there has to be something to be said of the upside down approach to the empire that he was perceiving. So yes, with this Kenny guy, anti-establishment, you know, anti-establishment. We we're on Facebook. We're going back and forth, and I go, okay. Do you believe? In Jesus, to which he said, "Of course." So, do you believe that Jesus taught people how to pray in the New Testament by saying, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name; thy kingdom come; thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." Okay. So now let's let's reverse engineer heaven. What do we know about heaven? Absolutely nothing. So we can only do a thought experience experiment. I said. Let's start with what do you think is the currency of heaven? Like what do you get paid? Well, here's the thing. You don't I know. There is no, you know what I mean? So like if Christ is saying, let's have it on earth as it is in heaven, how do you carry the water of a one of two parties that are dead set on making the most money and exploiting the most resources as you possibly can? Like Mm -hmm. those are, diametrically opposed. And he blocked me on Facebook and <laughs> yeah. You know, and I never, it was never nasty. I never right. attacked him because that's not what I'm interested mm. in.
1: But you did. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like you did. Yeah. You, the dogma. You, you, yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Right. Right. And that's what makes mega churches and mega institutions to me. So scary is be- is the, ability that they have for people to seal up their mind in such a way that they're closed to any other ideas people groups you know you look at the most racist xenophobic communities of our country they all have a church and they all go to that church and there's a white church and there's a black church and there's usually a korean church and then the rest of the Abramic folks, and then, you know, the, the Asian, you know, Hindu, all that stuff. I really do, in my core, believe that we're all touching different parts of the cow. But I also believe, I'll take it a step further, I believe we're the cow, we're the elephant, you know, in that analogy, like, we are a mosaic of the higher being. Which is part of the allegory when they talk about the body, the body, the body. We are the supreme beings, you know, given rationality, given logic, given the ability to retain information, given, you know, a sense of purpose, you know, all of these things that have been used to create man-made empires. (coughs) Excuse me. I do find comfort in the fact that, like, we're really charged with tending the garden and loving each other as ourselves and loving God supremely. But if we are God collectively, then all three of those loves are still loving self and loving neighbor. Abby's given me the wrap it up sign. We haven't even dug into any of the personal stuff yet. Um, yeah. So we, we might have to do a part two if you're if you're down.
1: Well, you know I'm down and I knew there was gonna be a part two and folios and following. Yeah. One one point, you know, I, in response to what you just said, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And I'm finding, this may be our segue, (laughs) I'm finding that in the realm that I'm working in, in in mental health, right? At its core. Yeah. People don't love themselves. And how can you love your neighbor if you don't don't love love yourself. yourself? Exactly.
0: And where is that source? And that's where AA is so powerful, not to champion, you know, AA, but
1: the philosophy but that's okay. of,
0: but the philosophy of like, okay, before you start, before you embark on this journey, you have to believe something is bigger than yourself. Something is whatever that is. That's your higher power. It could be a tree. It could be, you know, a bird.
1: I, I struggle with that sort of, because I've, I've gone to AA, um, court ordered back in 1996 and, uh, I remember like that being said, and I'm like, okay, how is the table? How is the tree? How is the bird My high? Like, it, it just is weird. I, again, I'm, I, I, I think so it's wrapping a, up I think and- it's a,
0: go ahead. I think it's a placeholder, you know, that ultimately leads to whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but that, that happens, you know, deep in your own. So it's very personal to you. You know, and it can't be proselytized and it can't be sold. And that's really what it's, it's being And mass is sold.
1: I was just going to say it because yeah. it really at the end of the day, they may say that placeholder, but your God needs to be, you know, white right. Jesus almighty. Right. <laughs> right. The same. Right. But I'm, but,
0: you know, I'm open to i gotta i've gotten on like a real kid reincarnation uh rabbit hole where like three-year-olds are like oh yeah i used to be this guy james who fought fighter pilots you know i was a fighter pilot in world war ii and then they're like oh shit, here's this guy he's like yeah that's me that's my buddy buck and that's my buddy you know and then they go meet these guys and the three-year-old sits down with these war buddies and they're just like uh, that's him you know <laughs> like I don't know if it's true or not. It feels very unsolved mysteries on a Friday night, but here's what it here's. I'm, I'm, I'm at a point struggling where it's with like, that one, Jeff, <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm at a point too where it's like, what would I be offended if that were real? No. But who the fuck am I to say anything? But I like the idea of thinking that like the most racist person I've ever met. Was. God willing, a a person of another race in a former life. And when you reconnect to that, like whatever that Nirvana higher plane is, and you look back on all your lives and there's, you know, Mitch McConnell or whoever is like, oh, shit, I used to be, you know, like the very people that I was dead set on making their life the most miserable in this life. I think that I mean, this this opens a can of worms on, you know, if there were an afterlife, if there were a heaven, what I believe. But I ultimately believe that you'll get there if there is there won't need to be a hell because you will realize that, like, all of the opportunities you had to do good and be not do good in the sense of behavior. But I mean, like. Be your authentic self, coming back to what you're saying, like you're put here to be your authentic self by whatever the universe, evolution, whatever, like no one is as you as you, if I could borrow Dr. Seuss's, you know, line, but it's wholly necessary to the sustainability of the species and of the ecosystem really is that we be our authentic self and we exist in a system that grinds us down in every way that they can to not be our th- authentic self. Don't think about it. Go to the movies this weekend. By Monday, you'll be ready to hit those sales numbers and, you know, whatever.
1: You what am I selling? Through the weekend.
0: Who cares? You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. 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 And it's just talking to seniors has really opened my eyes and ears. Speaking of like active listening and you just, they're all like these Jacob Marley's that are like, they devoted their lives to these companies. And now they're 65, 75, 85, living on a fixed income. The government is taxing them on that fixed income, which is the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life, but I'm nipping at their heels. You know, I'm 44. Is the system going to be fixed by the time I'm 65 magically, you know? So it's like, what do you do? How do you love your neighbor as yourself when, you know, there's more need than ability to
1: meet that need? So a couple things, um, we're an hour and four minutes in. I see this number six here with people. Does that mean there's six people watching?
0: Oh, maybe. That's interesting. Is that what that means?
1: I, Jeff, I don't know. I don't need to really wrap it up, but I understand if we do need to circle back around and... Um, you know, I don't know if you can break this up into a couple parts, but I, I enjoy where this is going. I enjoy this. Um, I think there's a lot uh, that, that you and I can continue to um, pick apart and analyze. And uh... <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was fantastic. My, uh, my offspring just crawled on the floor behind me. Oh, and, nice. and to stay off of the camera. <laughs> oh, Jay. um, That was too funny. And she thought she was pretty clever. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, listen, we, we can wrap this up. I just, you know, you and I, our classic uh, modus operandi is we could be on until at least three. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. My time. Easily. Easily. <laughs> you know, and, and this has been great. Um, there, there's a lot of things, you know, like I, I want to say that, you know, if, if there, if I were to die and find myself in heaven, cause you know, I was raised to be a Baptist, so I'm once saved, always saved. I got that right for me, which Thank I God. don't want,
0: which is nice.
1: Yeah, which is, is not for me. Which is this is what nice. I'm saying. If I were to wake up and find myself in heaven, I don't want to be there. It's, yeah. it's not at all where I would want myself to be. Um, First of all, there's a lot of, you know, mental gymnastics that I'd have to go through to try to buy into any of this at this point. But this creator God that I was raised to believe in I view through a lens that is this person is, is an abusive father
0: yeah Why? definitely definitely and, and, and because so of the to,
1: system to, that
0: was trying to marry that together to
1: find myself to have to spend eons eternity worshipping This God? No. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with Uh, that. And you know, and, and 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 I and I say that with conviction because I know that there may be certain people that would hear me saying this right now, and they're just like, I'm so dead wrong, and I'm missing it. And I get that because I once preached, believed, I'm an apostate, man. I I don't subscribe and I don't I I can't wrap my head around that. If anything, if anything, I would be open to maybe some sort of deist god like yeah. the clockmaker, you know, wind it up and let it go. Like okay, maybe I could get behind something like that. But knowing what I've what I've learned and and vetted and studied and tried to reject and 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 struggled with you know i i can't i i i just it, it's again my goal is to not take this from people when people ask me yeah, i'll talk about right. it but otherwise right. when they go on about what this they believe safe i'm not i support them i'm i'm you know I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and 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 try to pick apart or ask right. questions strategically to make right. them start questioning. Right. No, it's not. It's my not goal. worth it
0: to you. No. Right. Right. No, absolutely. I, I'm
1: like, let's. I'm for what Sinatra says. I'm for whatever gets you through the night.
0: That's right. That's right. You die your way. I don't mind. I think that's a great note to end on. Abby's playing me off here. Uh, she's doing her thing where she sighs real loud. we have some loud. closing music?